for our very final uh, talk of the 2021 uh, Cato Surveillance Conference, um, we want to talk about SHREMS. Um, what's SHREMS, you ask? Well, it is the uh, extraordinarily important uh, European case um, that is uh, upsetting uh, transatlantic uh, relations uh, after the uh, European Union's high court um, found that uh, the United States was not uh, an adequately protective uh, uh, data repository um, for the data of EU citizens, um, given our uh, fairly uh, loose rules for the surveillance of the data of foreigners. Um, as a result, um, there is some question as to how uh, transatlantic uh, uh, data trade can proceed with the European Union and, and uh, a fair amount of pressure um, to adjust uh, our surveillance laws in some way um, to meet the needs of uh, Europeans who seem not to share um, the American uh, attitude that, uh, well, privacy rights are for, are for your own citizens and uh, it's all bets are off uh, if, uh, if someone had the poor taste to be born outside the United States. Um, so on that uh, important question, we have uh, Lauren Sarkeesian from uh, New America to talk about uh, how to think about reform uh, of surveillance law in the aftermath of Schrems II. Thank you, Julian, and to the Cato Institute for having me today. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Lauren Sarkeesian, and I'm a senior policy counsel at New America's Open Technology Institute, or OTI for short. Uh, as Julian said today, I'm here to discuss OTI's recent paper, Strengthening Surveillance Safeguards After SHREMS II, which we released earlier this year. Please bear with me, I'm losing my voice a little bit, um, so this will likely be an especially flashy flash talk um, with intermittent steps of tea. Um, but I'll just try to keep focus on some of the key points that we made in our report today. So as, as Julian just laid out, and as many of you are likely aware, uh, in July 2020, the Court of Justice of the EU, or I'll call it the CJEU for short, uh, invalidated the privacy shield in the Schrems II case. Uh, as a result, thousands of companies of all sizes um, have been left questioning and scrambling to figure out uh, how to conduct business in involving transatlantic data flows or simply no longer um, are continuing that transatlantic uh, business uh, as a result of the decision. This applies to all sorts of transatlantic data transfers including social media, uh, messaging, cloud, service, cloud services, email, and beyond. Um, so again, in Schrems II, the CJEU found that U U.S. surveillance authorities, in particular FISA Section 702 and Executive Order 12333, do not provide an adequate level of protection for EU citizens' data, uh, and that the United States really lacks any mechanism to allow EU citizens to seek effective redress in, in uh, U.S. courts. Um, uh, if their, if their uh, data has been transferred to the U.S. Uh, so, so again, since that decision, there's been much ambiguity around the future of digital trade between the U.S. and EU. The U.S. and EU Commission have been negotiating a successor agreement, 
uh, to the Privacy Shield, but have not yet announced any path forward, nor have they really released any details about um, the holdup or any sticking points. So in the meantime, uh, in response to SHREMS 2, we at OTI put forth this report uh, entitled Strengthening Surveillance Safeguards After SHREMS 2, uh, which contains recommendations for measures that the US government can implement in the near term without congressional action. Uh, OTI has certainly long felt that reforms were needed to these authorities, you know, broad reforms were needed, um, but um, here we focused in on some near-term reforms that can hopefully satisfy the CJEU. Um, we certainly didn't mean to suggest that these particular measures are strictly required by the, by the SHREMS decision, SHREMS 2 decision, um, or can really forecast that these uh, would satisfy the CJEU, but these are some examples, and I'll get into a few of them um, now. So first, um, we at OTI felt that reforms to collection and targeting are likely to be some of the most important reforms to address the CJEU's decision in SHREMS 2. Uh, reforms that would address collection and targeting practices under Section 702 and EO 12333 would limit the risk of intrusion to privacy for rights for both non-US citizens and Americans and would likely be the most effective means of protecting those rights. So in this respect, the US government should uh, first potentially build upon Presidential Policy Directive 28 or PPD 28 by applying the six category use limits for bulk data collection. Uh, uh, sorry, for, for, for applying the six category use limits for bulk data in, in PPD 28 um, to, restrict the, to restrict the permitted purposes for bulk collection. So those uh, six categories right now are very broad, and the government can still nonetheless collect outside of those categories. Um, and so we could just simply restrict collection, which would be a, a major improvement. Next, uh, the US government should adopt binding rules to ensure that bulk data collection is only conducted when it meets the standards of necessity and proportionality under international human rights law. The government should commit in its Section 702 targeting procedures to following the definition of foreign intelligence information under FISA that applies to US persons. So namely, that information must be necessary to the United States' ability to protect against threats rather than just the broader relates to standard that applies for non-US persons currently. Next. The government could strengthen and narrow the standard for targeting under Section 702 from the current standard, which only requires that targeting will be reasonably likely to return foreign intelligence information related to one of the 702 certifications. The government should commit through an executive order or directive that it will not reinstate about collection under Section 702, ensuring that the NSA only collects communications that are to or from a target. Next, the government could remove the term foreign persons from the definition of foreign intelligence under Executive Order 12333 to ensure that collection is limited to information uh, regarding foreign governments, organizations, and terrorists rather than just any foreign individual. The, the government should strengthen the standard for surveillance targeting under Executive Order 12333 
by at a minimum incorporating the Section 702 targeting standard of reasonably likely to lead to foreign intelligence. And finally, the, the government could require the, or I'm sorry, the administration really should require the government to seek and create procedures for the FISA court review of targeting decisions under Section, under section 702, at least after the fact or on ad hoc uh, basis. Or sorry, I meant to say post hoc basis. Um, moving on, we also felt that there's a number of minimization reforms that could be helpful to satisfy the CJEU and their requirements. Um, minimization is, of course, the broad term that covers how the US intelligence agencies may access, use, retain, and share collected data. In this regard, the US government should uh, adopt, and adopt more robust and transparent limits on how collected information regarding specific individuals, regardless of their nationality, uh, may be used. So again, for example, the government could restrict all uh, could restrict all use to the purposes um, of bulk, for bulk collection in BPD uh, 28. The government could raise the bar for queries or the searches that the intelligence community agencies use, um, for in particular when they're seeking information about residents from foreign countries, by extending the documentation requirements to cover all queries. Um, under both Section 702 and Executive Order 12333, regardless of nationality. They could lower the default time period for retention of data under both Section 702 and 12333 to three years. They could require that when, in, when intelligence agency personnel actually review uh, collected information and do not affirm, affirmatively assess it to qualify as foreign intelligence information that they must purge that data rather than just waiting until uh, its expiration. Next, um, we felt that certainly uh, the government could improve transparency measures. We would argue that these aren't going to be enough to satisfy the CJEU, and so these should not be the sole um, thing that the government pursues. But uh, certainly, there are some transparency measures that could be helpful. Um, in particular, one is uh, that the government could disclose the categories that are the subjects of Section 702 certifications approved by the FISA court, uh, which would thereby at least outline the scope of permitted 702 surveillance. Finally, uh, creating meaningful redress was clearly something that the CJEU was focused upon. Targets of US surveillance under Section 702 and EO 12333, including EU citizens, uh, but not only EU citizens, of course, lack a mechanism through which they can seek redress in US courts. The CJEU and SHREMS emphasize that effective judicial redress requires that individuals are entitled to hearings before an independent and impartial tribunal. So in this regard, the government should provide a mechanism for independent judicial redress or create standing to bring challenges to surveillance practices in US courts. Uh, a number of scholars out there have, have created or have thought through some proposals um, for administrative solutions, um, and many of them are very creative and interesting. Uh, we feel that while they are worth considering, they may be simply helpful as a first step 
um, and could show at least good faith as we enter these negotiations. Um, but in order to really fully meet the, the redress standards that uh, the CJEU laid out, um, which is it's somewhat of a high bar, uh, our assessment is really that legislation is going to be needed uh, to likely to create standing. So all in all, we're hopeful that the US and EU negotiators will include at least some of these reforms into their successor agreement. But again, a number of these will require longer term legislative change, especially when it comes to redress. Notably, FISA Section 702 is going to be up for reauthorization in 2023. And we at OTI will likely push for many of these uh, reforms to collection and targeting, minimization and transparency. Uh, surrounding that uh, reauthorization if they've not been addressed sooner. Hopefully, at least some of them will have been. Um, and finally, I'll add that if you are interested in more on this subject, uh, tomorrow OTI, along with German think tank SNV, is also releasing a follow-up report that offers more of a comparative analysis of surveillance laws and uh, practices between the US and certain uh, EU member states making some broad recommendations for surveillance reforms uh, all governments can make uh, to better safeguard privacy rights and sort of like lift all boats. Um, while, that, while that report does mostly include analysis of traditional foreign intelligence collection, we do delve into issues there of um, surrounding the loophole of law enforcement purchases of data, especially from data brokers, um, accordingly. And to bring this really full circle from this morning, um, there we make the recommendation that uh, the legislation like the Fourth Amendment is not for sale act be enacted, um, which Senator Wyden discussed, I think, in the keynote first thing this morning, um, uh, among other recommendations as well. Thank you all for your time. Have a great afternoon. Thanks so much, uh, uh, Lauren. And what uh, what goes for uh, her paper, I think, goes for all our flash talk speakers. These uh, short talks are really meant to give you a taste of uh, the research being done by uh, the groups and, and scholars represented here. So uh, you are already on a web page. Um, there are links on it. Um, you can uh, learn about our speakers, and in many cases, um, go directly to the research they've discussed to learn more. And so. Um, you know, I hope this has been uh, interesting enough to pique your interest to, uh, to follow up uh, and learn more about the uh, daunting array of different, uh, different uh, aspects of uh, contemporary surveillance in our uh, uh, terrifying uh, COVID-haunted era. Um, this has been uh, the 2021 Virtual Cato Surveillance Conference. Um, and with any luck, within, uh, within a year, um, some of you watching now online um, will be able to join us for the 2022 surveillance conference uh, with actual other human beings present. Until then, uh, keep yourselves safe. We'll be seeing you. <laughs>